the season to take a chance. Tis the season to take a risk. If uh, last week I talked about um, making your wish list, and so if you want to take a risk, ask for whatever you want on that wish list, and maybe, just maybe, you will get what you ask for. You might not, but the harm in that is very little. You see, every year when I was a when I was a little kid, I had so many times that I had to take a risk early in the wee hours of the Christmas morning. I grew up in a family of four kids, and I was the youngest of the four. And Santa Claus would come sometime in the night, and he would typically come very early for us. And it was probably maybe between the three and four o'clock hour where either I would have found out or one of my siblings would have found out, and we see all the presents are here. And the stockings have been filled, and all we have to do now is get mom and dad out of bed because we were ready. We were ready to open presents. We were ready to uh, get get into our gifts, get into these stockings. But it was so early in the morning. And what would happen if we knocked on the door and, and mom and dad said, no, 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 we'll take care of that later. Now, never did they ever say, no, it's too early. But it was always, we were always nervous that they would say, go back to bed. And then could you really sleep knowing that you had all these presents ready for you and you had two more hours because you get one chance at it. You ask them and then you're going to have to just wait. And so it went through my siblings. I remember us always. We sit there and talk and say, "Are right, you go you go wake them up. No, you go wake them up. No, you go wake them up. And as the youngest, they always said, well, they'll listen to you. You're the baby. They're going to do what you what, what you want. So I'd always have to very meekly knock on that door, tell them that Santa Claus has come. And sure enough, they got up and early four in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, we'd go and we'd, uh, we'd open up our presents. And so the risk was always worth it. The risk was worth it in our life. The chance that I took, it was worth it. You see, life is filled with risks. And the risk of that probably wasn't all that big of a deal. But there's all sorts of risks we take every day. There's all sorts of chances we take every day. If I was going to tell you what risk was, risk is something that exposes you to the possibility of loss or hurt or rejection or injury. So is a risk really worth it? Should a wise, loving person ever take a risk? Is it loving to endanger other people by the risks you might take? Is losing your life the same as, risky, as, as wasting your life based on the risks that we take? And what happens when not taking the risk is actually going to be cause the biggest hurt or the biggest loss in your life. You see, Scripture tells us all about the risks that we take. It tells us all about people who over and over and over again took risks with their life. And so we're going to look at what James has to say a little bit about what our life 
is all about and what it means to live our life sometimes in a way of taking risks. In James chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow will go to this city and spend a year there carrying on business and making money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live, and we will do this, or we will do that. The thing about risk is, we don't know what tomorrow holds. None of us at all really knows what our future is tomorrow, or through the end of today. We just don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know when the end of our life will be on this earth because this world is so filled filled with unknowns. We have all sorts of things that we might plan to do, but our calendars might change. I really like looking, I don't know if I like it, but it's interesting to look on my calendar in, in my office. And I made that calendar out in January and I had all these things planned out for the summer. Matter of fact, I wasn't... Even the preacher here in, in January, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that I would, be, I would be here at this time. And I had all these summer activities planned for the youth, and none of it was done. It was all changed because plans change. We don't know what tomorrow holds. So what should our response be when we don't understand what tomorrow is going to be? We don't know what tomorrow has for us. We should look at what Paul says. Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race, to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. So what do we see here that Paul is telling us? He tells us a couple of things. He was planning on going to, to Jerusalem, and he knows that there can be harm waiting for him in Jerusalem. And so as he's knowing that he could face harm, he realizes and he tells, uh, he tells the, his, his, uh, the other Christians around him that he considers his life worth nothing. What he, what he cares about in his life is to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has for him. And so we should, we should take what Paul says and apply that to our life. What task has Christ given us? What tasks has he set up for you? Each of us is different. Each of us has been given our own special abilities, special gifts, special opportunities. And we should look at that and we should realize, what has God called me to do? And, I'm willing, am, I, and am I willing to complete the task that God has given me? One of the things that we look at is what it means to complete the task that God's given us is we need to stay faithful 
to God, whenever he talks about finishing the race, have we stayed faithful to God? No matter what this crazy world throws at us, are we willing to stay faithful to him? Because we are going to go through so many tough things. This world is filled with natural disasters. This world is filled with sickness. This world is filled with people that have sin in their lives and their sin can affect you. And this world won't always go how we want it to go. And so what Christ wants us to do is to continue to have faith in Him, to continue to trust Him. Not necessarily continue to always understand why tomorrow changes than what we thought it was going to be. But to know that He loves us, to know that He's there for us, and to continue to have faith in Him so that you can finish the race. You can complete the task that He has lined up for you. And Paul also says, what is that task? And ultimately, we might do it in all sorts of different ways, but the task is testifying the good news of the grace of God. What does it mean to testify the good news of the grace of God. If we were to give a testimony, you think of the courtroom where you, where you sit there and you testify, you make a testimony of what you've seen and what has happened to you in your life. And so each of us that have experienced Christ in our life, we need to be willing to make an account for what Christ has done for us, to make an account for what the grace of God has done for us in our life how it's changed our life, how we are different now because of Jesus Christ than we were before we knew Christ. Everyone in our life, part of our task is to tell people about Jesus Christ through what He's done for us, what He's done for all of humanity. We have to have that in our life. And if you don't know the answer, it's time to start growing closer and closer to Christ to see what God's done for you. Because we might have gone through hard times, we might have gone through good times, but God is always with us. And we need to be willing to say what the grace of God means to us in our life. We need to be willing to have that testimony so that others can see Christ, so that others can know what Christ has done for us. And this sounds good because uh, a lot of the the things that, that Christ does for us is He changes our lives for the better, and He makes our life uh, a lot a lot better in many ways. We can leave this life of sin and we can come into a life of joy in the Spirit and Christ. And that's a good thing, but this world is also filled with a lot of hardships. Matter of fact, not everyone is going to be as excited about what Christ has done for your life as you are. We even get promises from Scripture that tell us that sometimes life isn't going to be easy at all. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. To enter the kingdom of God, we're going to go through tough times. We are going to go through hardships. And a lot of people might think outside of, outside of the church, and if they're not looking at Scripture, that just because... You're living a good, faithful life. It means your life is going to be perfect. You're going to have easy sailing for that. But that's not what Scripture ever promises us. Scripture promises us hardships. 
And sometimes that's kind of hard for us to take in. It's hard for us to, to swallow that, realize that there are going to be hardships, but I think it would be a, make me a lot more angry if I read the Scripture and said everything in your life is going to be perfect, and yet we still went through hardships. But God's Word doesn't lie to us. God's Word tells us that we're going to go through some tough times. Matter of fact, in, when Paul's talking to the Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, he says, For you know quite well that we are destined for trials. We're destined as a people to go through hard times. We're destined for, as, as Christians, to go through some trials. And so I want us to think about what are some of the trials that Christians have gone through. And if we think of the early Christians, we look at all the stuff that the early Christians went through. They went through all sorts of persecution. They went through death. They went through through imprisonment because they would boldly claim the Gospel. They wanted to spread the Word of Jesus Christ around to everyone they came in contact with, and they faced consequences of that. They were willing to take a risk because they knew that this world wasn't everything. They could do a lot of, make a lot of impact in this world, and they could experience joy in a richer, fuller world, but they wanted to spread that news all around, and they realized that some of them were going to have to pay, and pay severely. See, I think we are blessed that we live in a world where we don't face that as much. There are people in this world that do face persecution. They do, they do face imprisonment. They can't even face death. And, and we need to pray for those Christians all around this nation, or all around this world that are, that are struggling with this. But we might face persecution in other ways. We might face it through insult. We might face it through a loss of certain friends in our life. Could be loss of family members. Could be that people plan things uh, that doesn't include you anymore because you have different principles. You stand for different things. And so there is a loss. It it's, might be different than the early uh, Christians' loss, but it is a loss. And we're still called to make that risk. Stand up for Christ. Another thing that we have to risk is we have to risk the freedom that we have in this life. We are free to do whatever we choose to do. We are free to live our life just for ourselves. Or we can choose to live a life and take that risk and live a life in the Spirit. Choose to allow the Spirit to take control of our life. By choosing to allow the Spirit to take control of your life, you, uh, you realize that you have to allow the Spirit's qualities or the fruits of the Spirit to dwell within you. So if you choose to have the Spirit dwelling within you and you choose to have those fruits, then you choose to, share, to, to have love instead of hatred and anger. But sometimes when you think, well, am I willing to risk just loving everyone because it might mean someone will walk all over me. Someone will take advantage of me. Someone will hurt me when I choose love over hatred, over anger. We have to choose, we can choose joy over sorrow. 
Sometimes it's, it might seem easier to sit there and, and sulk in our sorrows, in all the pain that we're going through, but the Spirit calls us to have joy in our life, to experience that. Spirit calls us to have peace and live a life of peace instead of a life of bickering. Sometimes to take that risk and, and live this life of peace, it might mean that we don't always get our way. It calls us to have patience with others. When we want to lash out at someone, when we want to not have that self-control and experience that instant gratification, we ca we're called to have peace and self-control. Are you willing to have that in your life? Sometimes that's a risk, but the risk is definitely worth taking because your life will be better for it. It might mean that you give up ground. It might mean that people could take advantage of you. But this risk can be worth it. Because when people see you and see the actions in your life, they'll glorify God. There might be a risk that you need to take. And that might be the risk of giving. Giving to others. And sometimes that's giving financially. When you see someone in need, you're willing to give of your hard-earned money to those that are poor, those that are needy. It was so, such a blessing to have the Arms of Hope guy come and, and take all the presents uh, back to these kids. And so... These are easier times to, to realize when we, should, when we should give, and we should help those in need. But there's other times that you're going to come in contact with folks that need help, and that means that you're going to have to give up your hard-earned money to help others. Or maybe you give of your finances because you realize that God's kingdom needs to be proclaimed through your church through all those here in East Texas. And so you build into your finances giving. It's hard to give. It's hard to give that up. You see, there are a lot of preachers that will sit there and tell you that if you give money, you will be given back tenfold in that money. So you give $10, you'll get $100 back. And that's not really what Scripture says. But Jesus does tell us In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And over and over in Scripture, it will tell you about how whenever you're willing to give of yourself, of your time, of your finances, when you're willing to give this, you're going to get back so many more blessings. I remember this summer, I took, I took the uh, youth group on my last activity as, a, as their youth minister, and we painted a house in Longview. And we started, we started that Sunday night, and we were supposed to be done by Wednesday. We were supposed to get that house done, and I remember Wednesday looking around thinking, this house isn't going to get done. This house isn't going to get done in time. We're going to have to come back one more day. And I was tired, and I didn't want to come back. And I was thinking, Jaime is going to be here on Sunday. Why didn't he just come a week ahead of time? Get this done. And I told some of the kids there, I knew we weren't going to have the whole crew because they weren't planning on coming each day. And I said, 
We're going to have to come one more day. Who can come? And I had a handful of the kids, probably about five of them, that said, "Yeah, we, I can be there." And we only needed, we only needed a a, a nice little handful to get get the fin- final touches on. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to give it. I don't didn't want to risk my my time and my energy. But it had to be done. And I remember, at the end of the day, we had ordered a real I, I, I ordered Domino's pizza for all the kids that were there. And the Domino's pizza man took a long time to get out there, and so he didn't get there until like two o'clock. And we were hungry, but we were just finishing the class of the house. And I remember sitting in the carport and eating that pizza, and it was like the best Domino's pizza I've ever had in my life. But as I was sitting there, I was reflecting on my 13, 14 years of youth ministry and all the joy and blessings that I had in that, and reflecting on the kids that, were, that came and, and devoted their time to this house, and all the many trips that I did, and it was just such a blessing. Such, such, it was so rewarding. My body was aching, but I truly felt like I received a blessing through giving. And that's something that only God can give us. And I think that happens so often in all sorts of aspects of our life, whether we're given of our time serving Him, or we're given of our finances to help others or to help the church. We've got to give. Because it's more blessed to give than to, than to receive. And we'll feel these blessings. Are you willing to risk your health to help those that are in need? Jesus, when he needed to, to heal his, his uh, friend Lazarus, there was a time when he, was the, that he, he, would, he had already fled Jerusalem because people were trying to kill him. And so his disciples were saying, you don't need to go back down there. But he was willing to give of himself, risking the danger to go help his friend. Whenever lepers would come with this contagious skin disease, he was willing to give of himself and touch them because he knew it would heal them. And so sometimes we put ourselves in possibly harmful situations. And I think even right now, that's not what really this lesson is about. This lesson is about so much more than this, but you think about COVID-19 and and uh, you have this idea of what can I do to be safe and what can I do to serve my God? And I think we're in this balance that Lad kind of explained is, is we have a responsibility to love others and be safe. And we have a responsibility to love our God and, and, uh, and do the tasks that He has for us. And so in situations like this, we pray. We pray that God tells us where we need to be and pray that God puts us in, in a path and, and tells us when we need to stay home and love others and tells us whenever we need to go and serve Him. It's a, it's a delicate balance, but it's a balance where you pray about. And if you can't be with your church family, I'd encourage you to spend that much more time in prayer because it's hard not to be with your church family. Spend time in, in, in the Gospel. Spend time in the Word. And realize that you are loving others. And so, 
those that can't be here, that's we understand. But make sure that you continue to work on your relationship with God. Don't just get comfortable. And those that are here, we don't, we don't come here just for the glory of ourselves, but we come here to glorify God. And make sure there's other opportunities that we take care of. See, one of the greatest risks that we might have is not taking any risk at all in this life. Most of us might know the story of the talents, where a master has some servants and he's about to go away. And he's about to, uh, he's, he's going to be away on a long journey. And so he gives bags of money to three of his servants. And to one of, the, one of his servants, he gives five bags of money or five bags of gold. And one he gives two bags of money or two bags of gold. And one he gives one bag of gold, one bag of money to them. And the one that he gave five, when he comes back, he doubles it and he says, Master, here's what I've done with what you've given me. I've doubled it. I had five, now I have ten. And then the other servant comes to the master and says, Master, I've done with, I've doubled what you've given me. You gave me two, and now I have four for you. But then he goes to the last servant. And in Matthew chapter 25, verse 24, it says, The man who has received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you would not sown, gathering where you not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you, his master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew I harvested where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For he who has, for whoever has, has will be given more. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. See, this story is, seems almost like a harsh story that, that the master gives these bags of gold or this money or talents. And Jesus is using this story to represent all the gifts that each of us have been given. And we've all been given different gifts, and some people might seem like they've been given an ample amount of gifts that are doing incredible things for our Lord. But if you've been given a lot, God asks you to take a big risk for Him. And that's where you see the, the one servant comes back and he doubles the big risk. And those that have a little bit, he was willing to go and double those talents. Going out there and doing what God has planned for him. Doing the task that God set out for him. But what Jesus really was wanting us to think about is if you've been given something from God, if you've been given this talent from God, if you've been given these opportunities or these abilities from God and you do nothing but bury it because you think, I uh, probably wouldn't do well. 
I couldn't be a, I couldn't be a good teacher. I couldn't go and talk to my neighbor. I couldn't talk to my family about Christ. And so we bury it and we we believe in him ourselves, but we're not willing to do what he wants us to do. We're not willing to go and take a risk with what he's given us, these opportunities that he's given us. There's no question that we will go through hard times. But what God wants us to understand is he's going to be with us no matter how hard it gets. He's going to be with us through the tough times. And His love will never leave us. He wants us to be the best that He's made us to be. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We consider, we're considered a sheep to be in the slaughter. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been given some incredible task, but God's not going to call us to do this alone. God wants to be with us. God wants us to complete this task together. And, and everyone has different tasks. Everyone has different opportunities. God's placed different people in each of our lives. And He wants us to be willing to testify of the good grace of Jesus Christ when we come in contact with these folks. Whether it's at your school or whether it's at your work or through your neighborhood, or with your family members. God's with us. He wants us to take that risk. And if we're willing to risk our life, willing to risk our livelihood, willing to risk some of our, some of our finances, willing to risk whatever God has in store for us, we're going to get a good answer from God. We're going to get we're going to hear some incredible words from God in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23, what He says to those that did what God wanted them to do, that took their talents and increased them. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put, in charge, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Tis the season. There's no better time than right now to give your life to Christ. There's no better time than right now to take a chance for Him. To take that risk to share in the happiness of our God. And you can share in His happiness today while we stand and sing.